Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. The book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 6, very familiar passage, verse number 6, it states, And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error. He died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come with me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took a side into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. Now it was told to King David, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod, and David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had prepared for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished the burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And for the next few moments tonight, I want to just preach to you a dance of victory. A dance of victory. And I don't know about you, but um, I enjoy uh, winning. Anybody in here competitive a little bit? All right, I saw Brother Leon's hand go straight up there. He's competitive. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't like losing. So when I win, I like to let people know that I've won. Now, this can be a problem from time to time. And uh, I'll never forget, we were playing. It was our end of summer bash, and Brother Blair, you were there. So you could ask Brother Blair if this is true afterwards. But we were playing kickball where the baseline was that sudded, uh, there was a tarp down with water and suds, and you had to land in the pool at each of the bases. It was very, very dangerous, and uh, you know what? It was a lot of fun, though. Thankfully, Brother Blair, I don't think anybody got too hurt, uh, but there was a, this particular time, I was playing, and I was uh, rolling the ball. I was on one of the teams, and as a good youth pastor, I was trying to instill some lessons of humility to the students. And uh, I was perhaps a little too competitive this evening, Brother Webb, and there was a student that was running to third base, and I had them dead to rights. And man, a kickball can do damage when somebody is running full speed 
and you've got them dead to rights. And I wound up with that kickball. And man, I took that student's legs out. Like they went head over heels straight into the pool. They didn't know where they were. They did not get hurt, thank God. Uh, But they were out. And my wife looks at me and she goes, maybe tone it back just a little bit. I'm sorry, but I like to win. And I thought about this, and there are times in my life where I've won, and there are times in my life where I've lost. But there is something that always distinguishes when you win. Perhaps you do a little dance, or when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, some of us were high-fiving. And I've seen videos from 2019. Some of us were jumping around like we just got the Holy Ghost for the first time. We like to win. However, in our text chapter, we see that at the beginning of this narrative, and if you've been in church for any period of time, you've probably heard this story, and if you're new, you probably have heard this story as well. It is a very familiar story. It's preached about quite often, but I want to draw something out of this story tonight that perhaps you've not heard before or perhaps you have heard before. But I felt the Lord give me this several weeks ago in preparation for tonight. And I believe that at the end of this service, there are some of you that have walked in here in need of victory in your life. Perhaps it's a situation, perhaps it's a trial, perhaps on your job, perhaps in your family, perhaps at school or wherever it is that you are frequenting, you walked in here tonight saying that I need the victorious hand of the Lord to stand up on my behalf. And I want to encourage somebody that tonight when we leave this place, there are going to be some of you that leave in victory that you've been seeking, that you've been praying for, and that you've been asking God, I just need a little bit of victory in my life. And so we see this narrative that David has decided that it is time to get the ark back. And for context, for those of you that may not be aware, the ark was lost because of the sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, who took the ark into battle, even though they were told not to. And the ark was taken by the Philistines. And they had, these guys knew better than to touch the ark. They knew better, but they did it anyway. And so we fast forward here, and now David has defeated the Philistines, and he says that it is time to bring our most treasured possession back to Jerusalem. It is time to bring the thing that God said when he led the children of Egypt, children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, I want you to do this, and it is now time for this to come back to my people. And here we see David begins this journey to do it. And then we read that Uzzah, and I find it interesting, Uzzah's name means to be a strong man. It means somebody of strength. Uzzah was just trying to do what he was living up to do, and that was to be a strong man, to place out his hand, and to steady the ark that was unsteady, that was perhaps about to fall, but it wasn't done in the right context, and it wasn't done in the will of God. And so God's anger came to the children of Israel, and he struck Uzzah dead in the moment. And this story, for my whole life, I've been wondering, and I've said, man, I don't, they were trying to do the right thing, but it was, every time I read it, I go back to the fact that God wants things done his way. When we try to step out and do anything on our own, let me just tell you, there's going to be consequences. There is grace and there is mercy. And his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. But if we step out, we expose ourselves to things that we wouldn't ordinarily be exposed to. And so Uzzah in this moment tries to steady the cart and to steady the ark. And we see 
But David is then angry and he becomes afraid and he stops and he says, we're going to send the ark to Obed-Edom's house and we are going to leave this ark here. Now what I do find interesting is that Obed-Edom did nothing but show up on the right day. You see, Obed-Edom had never had the ark in his life before. Obed-Edom had never had the ark, the most treasured possession of Israel in his life before. But on this day, something was different. And I am here to tell somebody tonight that if you want to see God do something big and victorious in your life, you might just have to do something that you've never done before. You see, the ark was new to Obed-Edom, but when he does it, when he says, you know what, you can house that here, then the favor and the blessings of God became on his life and his entire household. And I don't know about you, but I want the favor of God on my life. I want the favor of God. I want the blessings of God on my house. And I'll be telling you this much, that when it's time to receive the blessing, when it's time to say, God, I need the victory. I'm willing to do something I've never done before. If I've got to pray longer than I've ever prayed before, I'm willing to do it. If I've got to fast longer than I've ever fasted before, I'm willing to do it. Why? Because I want the blessings and the favor of God on my life. And Obed-Edom does this. And so we know this story. Obed-Edom receives it and his house is blessed. And then word comes to David that Obed-Edom's house has been blessed. He says, it's time to go take the ark back. It's time to go get back our most prized possession. And as children of God, our most prized possession that we have been given is our salvation. It's what redeems us. It's what saves us from an eternity in hell. And it is time for some of us to realize that perhaps the enemy has come in and he's tried to take our joy. He's tried to take our peace. And slowly, if we're not careful, slowly then begin to say, you know what, I'm beginning to lose faith in who God is. I'm beginning to lose faith in who, what he can do. And all of a sudden, our most prized possession can be stripped right out of our hands. But David says, you know what? Obed-Edom's house has been getting blessed. I'm going to go back to the scene of where a mess up happened. I'm going to go back to the scene of where a failure happened. I'm going to go back to the scene where there might be a little bit of shame because I've got to go back and tell Uzzah's family that he stuck his hand out. I've got to go back and tell Uzzah's family that he disobeyed God's word and they should have been carrying it a different way. But David says, you know what? If Obed-Edom's house can be blessed with the most prized possession of Israel, then what's going to happen when we bring it back to where it's supposed to be? And I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight that when you get on your face and you say, God, I'm going to do something I've never done. God, I'm willing to sacrifice. God, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. When God's presence begins to come back in your life, when God's anointing begins to saturate you all over again, you begin to say, I know why Obed-Edom was blessed, but God, I'm ready to receive what you have for me. So David and his people march back to the site of defeat. You see, if we're not careful, it's easy to live with the shame of Uzzah for the rest of our lives. You see, 
The enemy has convinced some of us that because we've fallen or because we've messed up or because we've had certain things happen in our lives that there's no way we'll ever overcome the shame of Uzzah or overcome the shame of that failure or that mistake. But I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight that if you can just pick yourself back up and say, I've got to get back to the most prized possession. I've got to get back to my relationship with God. I've got to get back to the thing that matters most. I can tell you that on the other side of that is the victory that you've been looking for is the victory that you've been praying for is the victory in your family that you've been seeking God for but it's going to take saying I'm willing to confront the shame I'm willing to confront the 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 mess I'm willing to confront the failure and I'm willing to see God do what only he can do last night as I was studying for this message and praying God began to deal with me and speak to me about shame and how it cripples what people, and it cripples what God is trying to do in their life. What would have happened if David had said, you know what, I can't go back to the place where Uzzah messed up. I can't go back to the place where somebody died because we weren't carrying it right. And as the king, ultimately it comes down to David, not holding the priests accountable. But I want you to know tonight that there are some of us that we walk in and we talk to people and we deal with people that live in a constant state of shame. And they're sitting there saying, I don't know how God could ever forgive me. I don't know how God could ever use me. I don't know how God could ever restore me. Let me just tell you tonight under the power of the Holy Ghost that if God can sit there and look at somebody like David who was a fornicator at times, who was a murderer at times and can restore him and can bring him back and can say you know what, I'll use David, I'll reach down and I'll deal with David. He can look down at your mess, at their failure, at their shame and say you know what, I can restore you, I can bring you out again because there is a dance that brings forth victory when we say I've got to go after the most important thing in my life it all comes down to a matter of perspective David's most important thing was that he had to go get the ark back it would have been easy for David to say you know what the ark can stay at Obed-Edom's the ark can stay there God's blessing them let God just keep blessing them but if we're not careful then again when God begins to bless other people when we failed when we've messed up we begin to get jealous and David says you know what I'm so thankful that God blessed Obed-Edom but it's my time it's my time to go back and get my prized possession and I'm telling somebody tonight that God has been reaching for you God's been searching for you and you've been feeling that God pull you've been feeling that that pull and you're saying I just want to experience victory and I'm here tonight to tell you that there is victory in this place. And David goes to get the ark back. I love this story, though. There's something special about it because here's this. In our text chapter, it states this, that David, uh, verse number 17, it states that David brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had built for it. What I love about this is if you look up that root word, it means previously built. So before he even had the ark back, Brother Hagin, he built a place for it to go knowing that the ark was coming back. There might have been a failure. There might have been a mess up. But he said, we're going to get this ark one back one way or another. We got to get it back. And could it be that God is just waiting on some of us to maybe just prepare a little space for the miracle? Could it be that God is just waiting on us to say, you know what, 
And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of us to just say, you know what? I, I know that I need big victory. I know that I need a big miracle. But here's what I'm going to do, God. I may not see it yet. It may be over at Obed-Edom's house. It may be over in somebody in Section 1's house or maybe in Section 6's house. And they, they may be getting blessed by God and they may be receiving all the favor of God. And God, I'm standing here and I can't see victory. But God, I'm going to build a place for the miracle right here. I'm going to build a place for the victory right here. And what would happen if somebody made it up in their mind tonight to say, you know what? I'm building a place for the miracle tonight because I know that one day God is going to come visit at my door once again and the most prized possession is going to be back in my house once again. I'm going to feel the Holy Ghost like never before. My kids are going to be back in church with me like never before. My family's going to be back in the house of God with me. My friends are going to be in the house of God with me. What would happen if we began to build for the miracle? I'll tell you what would happen. There was a time in my life where I had a friend who had walked away from God. And so what we did was I went out and I bought a Bible with his name monogrammed on it. And I said, by faith, I'm going to sit next to this Bible every single Sunday and every single Wednesday night. And you know what I did? I sat next to that Bible. And you want to know who came back to church and was rebaptized with the Holy Ghost all over again? Let me just tell you, when we may begin to take prophetic acts of faith, God honors that. It might be time for some of us to get out of our pew and say, you know what? I've got a victory dance. I've got a dance that can bring forth victory. I've got a praise that can bring forth the supernatural. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord right now. So David says, you know what, it's time to come back. It's time to come back. So David goes and gets the ark from Obed-Edom. And they take six paces and they begin to sacrifice. Sacrificing is the way to the supernatural. If you need God to answer God-sized prayers, sacrifice. Monetarily. Fasting, prayer, do some sacrifice. God will answer every single time. So David sacrifices. And I'm sure that here we are, not far from Uzzah's grave, David is sacrificing. Not far, probably within spitting distance of where Uzzah was buried and his body right there, or the place at least where he was, where he passed. They're sacrificing to the Lord and saying, oh God, you are so great. Oh, Lord, you're so mighty. Oh, Lord, you're so holy. You own the cattle on a thousand hill. God, we don't deserve who you are. Lord, we don't deserve what you are. But, God, we're going to sacrifice. If you want to get God's attention, begin to sacrifice. If you want to get God's attention, begin to give up things and say, God, I can do without this right now. And I guarantee you, God, will begin to open up the windows of heaven. But David begins to return here and begins to shout and begins to lose his kingly garments. And David begins to sacrifice before the ark is even home. And he says, this time we're doing things the right way. You see, when we realize that God is ready to pour out blessings, but what we've got to do is just jump in the vein of what God is doing. David says, hey, if you know what, if God can bless Obed-Edom, why can't he bless us? And there are some blessings, he says, you know what, but I'm going to begin to shout before we're even back. I am a firm believer that if you want to get God's attention, you shout in the valleys and when things don't make sense. 
You begin to dance and begin to say, and I'm not talking about you do it for a show, don't misunderstand me, but you begin to say, you know what, God, I can't see the forest, I can't see the edge of the forest, I can't see the ark or my most prized possession coming back, but Lord, I'm just going to dance, I'm going to do what I know how to do. David was a worshiper. You want to know why David got God's attention? He knew how to worship. He knew how to say, dance like the weight has been lifted. He said, I want to see the ark. I want to see the most prized possession back where it belongs. And David begins to do it. And he says, you know what? We're going to shout. We're going to dance. We're going to let God do what he does. And so then David, we see him coming back. And David is here and he's got the, he's got the pain of Uzzah. Sure, he's got all that. But he says, you know what? We've brought the ark back. We've brought the most prized possession back to where it belongs. He began to leave the shame of Uzzah behind. He began to leave the shame of the failure behind. But as he began to worship, he began to say undoubtedly with all of his heart, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. The most holy possession was coming back. The ark is coming back. And I am sure that David had tears running down his face because the failures and the mistakes of Uzzah were long behind him and they were washing away as the ark was coming home. And there are some of us here tonight who have guilt, we have shame, and we haven't let it rack us. But we We've come into the house tonight and I can tell you that if you can just find your way to the altar tonight and say, God, I don't know where to turn, but I'm turning to you right now. If I'm just going to stand here, I'm going to do a dance. I'm going to do a victorious dance. God, I may not see the answer, but God, I will pour it out tonight. God, we'll reward that. His dance signaled the dawn of a new day. Because the ark was back. What will your dance, what will your sacrifice signal the dawn of in your life? You see, the ark was back where it belonged. The holy ark was back. And as we consider the passage before us, it's important to remember that the ark of God represented his power and his presence to the nation of Israel. While it was found within its place, it was behind the veil of the tabernacle. It was also in the most holy of holies. It was this where God's presence dwelt. It was this where God would, they would go when the sacrifices were offered on the day of atonement. The ark was the most precious possession that they had. And David is bringing it back and he's saying, God, Thank you for the victory. See, as the musicians come tonight, could it be that God is just waiting on you to prepare a place for the miracle? I don't know about you, but anytime I've ever needed a miracle in my life, I've said, God, I'm going to do this, and God, we're just going to see what happens. I'll never forget at the end of 2020, COVID nonsense it would happen all that crazy stuff and here here I am I'm looking for a job and I finally found a job and I hadn't received an offer yet and I I needed a new pillow man I nothing worse than a bad pillow a bad night's sleep will mess you up as we stand all across this place tonight and I needed a new pillow but man pillows are expensive and here I am I man I've been I've been sacrificing given to finishing strong and I bought a pillow I'll never forget I was talking to a friend of mine who God uses them in the prophetic and I was just saying man I I had to go out and if I don't get this job I got to return this pillow man and he looked at me and said I want you to go home and take the tags off that pillow because God's about to blow your mind Woo! I went home I ripped the tags off that pillow 
I slept a great night's sleep with that brand new pillow. But what was I doing? It was a prophetic act of faith. I didn't see the victory yet. I didn't have the job offer yet. But all I knew was that I was going to do something that I had never done before. Let me tell you, I've never ripped a tag off a pillow since. But that night, God stepped in and it began to do something supernatural. I don't know what it looks like for you tonight. But if you can do something that you've never done, you'll see victory the ways that you've never wanted, that you've never saw victory before. But it's going to start when we say, God, I've got a dance of victory locked up in me. God, I've got things inside my life that only you can do. As we get ready to open this altar tonight, I want to remind you, though, that it was the ark that was there when Solomon completed the temple. It was in the most holy of holies, and on that day when the 120 priests went in, they became so slain in the spirit that they could not minister as they so desired. And what was going on? It's because the ark. David had said, you know what? I'm going to set somebody up for generations to come. Parents, could it be that the enemy has been trying to pull after your kids, been trying to reach after your kids, but the dance that we do, the victory that we say we got to have, it's going to set you up for generations to come. Here's how I want to do this altar call tonight. If you need something, if you need victory in your life, I want you to come. If you're going to, if you need victory, I want you to take a prophetic act of faith. It may be something small. It may be something big. I don't know what it is. But if you need victory and you're not usually a person that comes down to the front, I want you to come anyway because there is going to be a prophetic act of victory that happens in this place. You see, Michael criticized David's worship. She criticized it. She said, David, don't you know what you're doing? You're the king. I will never let anybody make me feel bad for the way I worship. I'm sorry. I, I just don't care. You know why? Because it was when I stepped out and I found myself at the altar dancing a dance of victory that God filled me with the Holy Ghost, that God healed me, that God restored me, that the body of Christ began to do things. So I don't care what it may look like to you. But I do know that it's in the dance of victory when I've done something I've never done before. Every single time that God has reached down and began to do things that he's never done before. So right now, all across this room, I want every hand lifted up if you can. Every hand lifted up. If you need something from the Lord, I want you to just begin to verbalize to God what it is that you need from him right now. Nobody else needs to know, but if you, right now, between you and God, I just want you to tell him what it is that you need to see victory in. What we're going to do is we're going to release the word of faith. And when we do that, when I say in Jesus' name, I want you to just shout hallelujah and do something that you've never done before. Maybe it's run across. Maybe it's jumping up and down. I don't know, but I can tell you this much. God's about to release some victory in this place tonight. Right now, every hand lifted up. If you know how to pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit. Lord, right now, by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, God, I lose every bit of shame. I lose every bit of guilt. And Lord, right now, I send victory in this place. And we speak victory in this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.